What's up, ladies and gentle thems, and welcome back to the Shinigami Love Apples podcast. We are your Shinigami hosts. I'm Pimpin, and I'm joined by Shinigami Yu Yu, and uh, we're here for our fifth episode now, <gasps> uh, our official fifth episode, given we're not going to count uh, <laughs> the one we're about to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we talk about the part where we backpedal, we'll just catch you up with uh, our week. So... <laughs> Uh, I, you were going to tell me something before we started the podcast recording. Uh, now's a great time. So you, you woke up this morning and uh, you scared yourself. You said this morning or something. Yeah, but it's. Um, oh, is it, I guess we, I could do it about. I get. I mean, we I was, can talk about it later too. The, yeah. It's, okay. it's about Genshin, so I was going to talk about it when I talk oh, about Genshin. Okay. You know about about our week. We were affected by Genshin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Yet again. laughs> Everyone's like, man, every week they, these fuckers talk about this shit. And it's yes. like, yeah, we're, we're sorry. And we're we will until uh, <laughs> Zones Endless Zero comes out. And then we'll talk about Genshin and that. <laughs> and eventually I'm probably going to get into Honkai Star Rail. Yeah. Like I said, basically, we're going to become... And Honkai Impact 3rd. <laughs> we're going to become shit shills for fucking Hoyoverse. <laughs> yeah. Just, hey, I'm going mean, to rename ourselves dude, from Shinigami Love Apple to Shinigami Love Hoyoverse. <laughs> Shinigami Love. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, if that's, if, if that's where the money is, Shongshi Shongshi Ha or whatever the fucking phrase is. To quote Max, where I definitely just tanked my social credit. Um. Oh, he <laughs> <laughs> just had to show that to me in the yeah. middle of the beginning. Yeah. So I, and I'm going to gonna do something too. Oh, that's fine. I in that in oh, that particular okay. instance, I, was, I approve. I was hoping you would get sad, but oh well, you tried. Uh, if if you're wondering, oh. you're listening. You're like, what the hell even happened there? Uh, <laughs> before the podcast began, oh, we always do this little pre-stream so you can come out, hang out give uh-huh. us questions, do live hate mail because writing hate mail by email. And so 2009. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> mm. uh, why did I pick 2009 by graduation year? <laughs> for some reason, it just, that must, year must be very traumatic for me, but, yeah. um, he's show, uh, you <laughs> uh, use showing me this, uh, hottest ladies or just hottest people. Genshin. Genshin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> had one of my favorite characters, but she was unnecessarily better endowed than her actual <laughs> character. And I was like, Oh, look, 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 look. She has great proportions. Let's not over enhance it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sometimes too many pixels is a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, this week's been crazy for both of us. Um, it, it, like work has been pretty nonstop. Now I'm lucky cause I'm finally back to having two days off a week. Although this week, uh, I had an interview yesterday for a promotion and that completely, it, it was like an on the job sort of interview. So it required me to work a full eight hour shift. So instead of having my usual like Friday, Saturday off, I ended up having Thursday, Thursday, Saturday. And it's like, Mm. okay, that's fine, I guess. But I also feel way more tired when I don't have two consecutive days. Like I I still got the rest, right? Like I didn't have to wake up that early. Well, I guess we went to the gym, but like still, I I didn't have Mm. to adapt my schedule at all, but I definitely felt tired like today. It was really hard to drag myself out of bed. (laughs) True. <clears throat> yeah, my uh, my works. Oh, oh, oh. <sighs> Sorry, we uh. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I mean. <clears throat> it just yeah, the, <laughs> the added sexual moaning. Just uh, what are you drinking? I'm drinking something mm. that makes me hard. <laughs> it could. I mean, depending how much you drink, yeah. Yeah. So we're back again for the second week in a row with the. Oh, we did describe it last time, did we? We, yeah, I we think did. we we talked about this on the episode that didn't 
didn't publish. Oh, that's right. Okay, well, hey. So this technically, is this is the first time we've ever had it. It's true. Mm, wow, it tastes so good. It tastes, yeah, wow, we've <laughs> never had this before. Uh, we're drinking Suntori uh, Deca Vita C, which I guess Japan has this long list of crazy sort of like drinks that are, I guess, intended as medicine or not even um, intended like cures, hangover cures and, and yeah. shit like that. Energy <clears throat> drinks, that sort of thing. And I guess this is one of their like energy drink sort of things. And it's, it tastes, um, it's really good. The best way I describe it is it, to me, it tastes like liquefied trolley gummies Yeah, with a little bit of carbonation. It's, it's yeah. really good. I was saying that it tastes kind of more like bubble gum to me, but I do. I, I, could definitely believe the bubble. The, gum. the thing is, I don't eat gummies, and and I it doesn't taste like bubble gum. It just kind of reminds me of that. So I would I would imagine that the gummy um, analogies probably yeah yeah. Um, <clears throat> speaking of this episode, we were just talking about it's time for the um, the part where we backpedal, <laughs> and this week we're backpedaling really hard. So last week, obviously Valentine's Day passed on the fourteenth, but we had mm-hmm. our last podcast released on the thirteenth. And, um, when we originally recorded, we always record a few days early just to give us time to edit and allow for work craziness or life craziness or whatever. So we're never caught by surprise. We don't do, since the podcast comes out on Tuesday mornings, we did, we don't want to be editing Monday night. That's just the wrong time to be doing it. So we, on that Saturday before Valentine's day, we recorded two episodes. We did the regular standard episode, which turned into episode four. And then we recorded like an in-between episode 4.5, which was supposed to be sort of, you know, bonus content. Mm. And um, it was supposed to be this like raunchy, fun uh, Valentine's Day episode. Yeah. But we we sat there and we thought about it and and, in a kind of weird twist of fate. And we think we know why. Our listenership skyrocketed last week in Japan. Just and actually Mm. Japan dominated our listenership by 28%. Yeah last week which was super cool because that's the market we're aiming at we're aiming at americans who love japan or sorry mm-hmm. anyone around the world who loves japan yeah. and we're aiming squarely at japan so having them finally listen to us was like really cool but then we had this weird almost conscience about it mm-hmm. where it's like it'd be like us being fully tatted out and going to japan we'd feel a little self-conscious like you know they don't mm-hmm. really like it when you do this kind of yeah. thing yeah so we made this really raunchy weeby goofy just <laughs> and it was super over the time it was a lot of fun don't get me wrong it was a lot of fun to record and i we will re- release it at some point mm-hmm. and it was a lot of fun but it was also just really raunchy and we went you know it might be a little bit early to be pulling out all yeah. the stops <laughs> like that because it was just such a cold <laughs> bucket of water swap from our yeah. usual i mean our usual styles can be raunchy but like this was unhinged was, levels yeah. of 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 yeah just anything adult. we've said inappropriate at this point it was like Quad, quadruple x uh to the 12th power yeah it was really yeah it was fun but probably not mm-hmm. right yeah not what we need right now also i forgot a timer again because i'm gets oh, fine no. i'll just look at like uh oh it's moved on past the screen i'm not one that doesn't follow the playhead it's like uh, can you do that no okay we're at the amens on there <laughs> there you go anyway um, so like I said, we're going to keep the episode unpublished for now. And hopefully at some point, if we have a larger audience or if we ever do like a Patreon thing or, or something like that, we'll probably look into actually, uh, releasing it. Um, but not right now. <laughs> so yeah, that's the only thing we have to backpedal with this mm-hmm. week. So into, uh, things we wanted to cover from this past week, uh, starting with anime, We've kind of mentioned that we've been marathoning Demon Slayer, and that's kind of still 
dominating our viewership. Yeah, yeah. At the minute. <clears throat> we're in Swordsmith Village arc, mm -hmm. which uh, I wanted to talk about something kind of cool. We were driving and doing our errands and stuff uh, since we all live together uh, earlier today. Oh, wait, and we do? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've secretly kidnapped you, you, and we just... <laughs> I pull him out of the, the downstairs basement closet every yeah. now and then I'm like, you will make a fucking podcast I, yeah. episode. And he comes up here. I give him a little bit of something to drink, a little bit of pizza. <laughs> and, and, and then he pretends he's okay with everything for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> this is supposed to be about your villain arc, not mine. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we were, well, no, I, I had my villain arc. It, it only lasted the like five minutes, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's over already. Um, but we were talking earlier and I wanted to come back to it and bring it up on the podcast, which was you mentioned uh, Muishiro yeah. on uh, becoming like a favorite character on yeah, the yeah. Demon Slayer. Describe. I'm just curious. Like, well, why? so when he first showed up, he was like super annoying, didn't care about anybody. He just there for a sword, like uh, just really rude and everything. Yeah. And I was like, God, fuck this guy. Okay, whatever. Um, but then uh, after Tanjiro is like acting really nice to him and, and kind of explaining his views on why he's helping people. And then you can kind of you see him like start to break down and then you see his whole backstory about how he actually was a really nice, helpful, um, sweet kid. But then like shit happened and he kind of turned into this like shell where he just is uh, more like a train. Like he just fucking moves forward. And if you're in his way, he either says something or he kills you sort of a thing. And um, seeing him kind of like remember why he got started as a Hashira to begin with was really cool. Also, it was a fun introduction into the fact that there are other people that have like the ancient breathing techniques that are like extra yeah, powerful. True. Because at, at this point it was like, oh, you know, of course the main character gets to have the special ability where he fucking uses the sun or whatever but it's like oh there's actually more people and he's also just he was badass he was toying with uh, i don't even know the demon's name pot oh, guy uh, yo gyoku it's Kyo not, that's not, something like that so yeah yoku, i think it's gyoku yeah and just uh, watching yeah. him like toy <laughs> with yeah. him the whole time and then just like come out of nowhere and like do all this crazy stuff and he was just like so fast and so cool um it just it was really entertaining to watch the point where i kind of forgot about like the whole other half of the season, yeah, which was Tanjiro and Nezuko and uh, and Genya, the, the new, the other, yeah, the other Hashira wannabe. Oh, the, yeah, the, I, I already forgot about him, too. <laughs> oh, 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 you're talking about the other demon they're fighting, I was other, talking about the other demon, the yeah. but also him, yeah. and and then, um, I can never remember her name, Booby Girl. <laughs> oh, um, oh, her name was like Ki Soji or something like that. You're so, oh, yeah, dude, you're, I'm my brain's like. <laughs> I want to say Tangloji, but now I'm like Tanjiro. No, I, think I'm it with, it. I think it starts with a K and then ends with um, a... Kinroji? 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 Some, I don't know. Something I don't like know. That. <laughs> anyway. Uh, boob girl. <laughs> that's boob girl. That's, I mean, she's got her I mean, it is, it is the only character we've drawn attention to in that regard, to be fair. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's the one character that Tanjiro rushes out to is like, your boobs are falling out of your shirt. <laughs> it goes and tucks her in. It's like, wow, what a wholesome guy. Yeah. And then he gets a nosebleed over anyway because she comes over yeah. and whispers in, in his ear and he just yeah. absolutely gets the world's hardest boner. Hey, I mean. He, he gets a hot shit of boner. Oh. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's enhanced. Uh, okay, yeah. this isn't Valentine's Day, but anyway. <laughs> you know what's kind of interesting about the whole um the misbreathing thing uh -huh. is I just realized with the other Hashira we've seen, I don't think we've seen other breathing techniques. 
No. Because Rengoku didn't do anything. In fact, he even mentioned that he had never studied sun breathing. I think that was his, like, the parent overarching yeah. fire breathing technique. And I don't think we saw anything from, mm-hmm. um, not Tengen, oh my God. Um, <laughs> Tengen. Tengen, thank you. Yeah. We didn't see anything from him either. Well, he, he had, his was fairly unique in that he did sound. He did, but he didn't do a breathing technique. He didn't no, do no, breathing. No. He, he yeah. I mean, they each have their thing. Like, because obviously, um, Rengoku does fire, so he yeah. does different fire techniques, but mm-hmm. he doesn't do fire breathing, just like Tengen doesn't do sound breathing. I thought they he, did. Did he do? I didn't think. I never saw him do, do like technique. I don't remember. I think he just did techniques. Honestly, well, we've say, watched so much of it. I think they would it say that, sound like, breathing, this technique, uh-huh. but it wasn't. He didn't get the crest. He didn't get well, yeah, yeah, he didn't yeah. get any shapes or crest. There was something specific about the like ancient techniques or whatever. Right. Yeah, they didn't have ancestral they don't call techniques. Them ancient, the ancestral techniques. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Those ones are like the peak where everything derives from and only yeah. some people can like use them. And at the moment it's just It's just Muichiro and, and, and yeah. Muichiro. Yeah. That's far. Yeah, for now. I, I would imagine they're probably gonna like oh, double down on that. But at some point, yeah. Um Another uh, anime stuff this week uh, for me. I've, I'm about halfway through Free Run, at least season one, because mm-hmm. I think there's three. No, no. I guess season one's all they've had. Yeah. They've just finished. It's just it, I finished. Think. Yeah. Um, and I gotta say, uh, absolutely loving it. I don't think it's had as much of an in- emotional impact on me as it has for some people. But I'll, I'll tell mm-hmm. you what. Every I choose to watch these episodes like before work every morning. Yeah. And it it hits pretty decently hard. Like uh, I mean. If you're, it, it has unexpectedly emotional moments, mm. especially given that I, I can't tell yet what it wants to be. It's this weird mix of action, drama, comedy, yeah, romance, question mark. Don't spoil it if you're further than me, but or, and those of you listening, please don't mm. send me hate mail, but don't send me spoilers. I yeah. fucking swear if I ever get, I mean, it's, it's inevitable at this point, I'm afraid, but like, um, <laughs> but I want to say romance question mark because I feel like somehow. Freeran and Himmel need to hook up in the afterlife. I don't know. I just, I feel like there's something there. Uh, Maybe. But that's, it's been I'm really, still really. I'm only on like episode six or whatever. So Okay. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it, it, it's really good. Um, and then the other thing I've been watching uh, this week is kind of a massive throwback. And we'll cover this more later in the pop culture section, but uh, Initial D. Oh. And uh, I've just been rewatching the original stage one of Initial D, which, God, that the anime is so incredibly horrible and boring <laughs> when there's no driving. Just yeah. none of it, it. You can see all the old school anime tropes with like sound effects and, you know, girls rejecting nerdy guys. And you can see yeah. all these like definite story tropes. But I don't know. I guess because it's aged, I'm being a bit ageist about the mm. anime and I'm judging it because of its older style and everything, like with the duck lip, you know, <laughs> you know pursed lip animation style. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm just being judgmental, but That's anytime fair. there's not driving, it sucks. And yeah. even then, because some of it's mixed CGI and animation panel, it's like, I'm, I'm really hoping <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to go through all the stages if I can, and I'm hoping uh, it improves, but yeah. I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. All right. So, Oh, okay. I for guess you. I just no, 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 I'm not watching anything. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah. Oh. Um, but I do want to watch Mr. Villain's Day Off. 
I've seen it in my recommended. I yeah. haven't. It's the new one that's that's blowing up that everybody is like in love with at the moment. It's Bling Bong Bong Born <laughs> 2.0. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's um I've only seen random little clips that I, that just like popped up on TikTok. Mm-hmm. But essentially um from the very 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 limited things that I know about it, there's like the biggest mis- like super villain in the world. He's like this big awful evil person, but he always goes to this cabini and <laughs> the cashier is like really nice to him and so he like is nice back to her and it's it's a romance between like the worst guy ever and then this cute little like Okay, I really want to see this now girl. just because I love the premise of yeah. world's worst. <laughs> it's like you know what? I think it's the same appeal behind Gru. Uh, yeah. In Minions was just like he was the reason he was such an entertaining character is cuz he's the world's Greatest supervillain, but he's also the world's biggest fucking yeah. idiot. <laughs> it's like, how can you be both of these at the same time? And now I'm imagining a supervillain trying to have a normal life, and I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah the the little head. like clips that I've seen is like he'll come in and he'll be like super, like you know, he's just like evil and big, mm-hmm. brooding, yeah. like dark. He's got, he's like, he's got like, uh, like the shark teeth and like, he's, oh, like he's an actual like yeah. evil, per- you know. And then he'll be like really mean to some dude that's just trying to get a soda or whatever. But then he'll like. <laughs> It'll like casually, like and kind of sheepishly, go over to the front, like cashier girl, and be like, you know, like, what, uh, what's your favorite snack here? And she'll be like, oh, I like these ones. He's like, mm, okay, I guess I'll get that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that sounds really adorable. I really yeah. want to see that now. Um, okay, moving on to this week in music. Um, so the hard trick I've noticed about covering music um, is trying to keep up with like weekly trends and what's hip and cool in Japan. Yeah. Um, and there's one artist I want to bring up that it's she lives in this weird realm for me because she's very uniquely Japanese. I've never heard her style of music anywhere else. No. I guess she's like So her name's Wednesday Campanella. Oh, spoilers. Uh, oh, I know, right? <laughs> uh, but like I can't figure out what her genre is. She has this mix of like EDME slash hip hop slash um Yeah, she's really hard to explain. Pop vibe. Yeah. Right. But uh, also no, kind of rock. indie, yeah, sort indie. of like. So yeah. her music, I, I wish, I really <clears throat> wish I could play samples on the podcast, but licensing <clears throat> someday will be big enough to do that. But yeah, but her shtick, she does a lot of really self. She self samples a lot. She samples her own voice. She <clears throat> samples giggles in size and other yeah. sort of like I call it human sounds. Nothing really gross or <clears throat> sensual or weird. Yeah. But she just samples a lot of her own voice. And the samples a lot of instruments outside of their normal timbres, like mm-hmm. pianos that are way off key or guitars playing weird notes. Yeah. And she uses that as the core of her music. And then she does, like I said, like this weird hip hop slash EDM slash I don't. Mm. It's she's it, kind of her own but, genre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's actually one of the reasons why I kind of wanted to bring her up. So if you're if you're listening to this podcast and you want a recommendation. Wednesday, spelled just like the day, mm-hmm. Campanella, Camp A-N-E-L-L-A. And her music really is amazing. She's probably my favorite electronic Japanese artist or, or Japanese artist producing electronic-based non-acoustic music. Yeah. Um, but her style is so unique that I really can't describe it. And what's interesting is she's, um, I follow a bunch of different uh, like top 100 and top 10 mm-hmm. lists on Apple Music Amazon Music and Spotify just to see like what's hip in Japan right now. Yeah. And she's been not blowing up. She's not viral like the way, you know, Bling Bang Bang Born was right. when it came out. Or like, uh, what was the other one? Mixed Nuts from uh, mm. Higa Dandies and when Spy Family came out. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so she's not really 
the sound of Japan right now, but she's super popular in Japan and has no exposure mm. here. Like if you go to her YouTube stuff and you, and you, and you go to comments, you're not going to find English. Yeah. And it's interesting to me because her style is so unique. I'm amazed the American sort of like indie or maybe right. I'm trying to f- figure out which like scene, for like a better words would like pick her up. I really feel like yeah. indie or hip hop would be most likely to like, I, yeah, I don't know. Or like remix, like I'm amazed no one's remixing her stuff. She has right. such great yeah, musicality. I, I feel like ironically she's too weird to take off. Yeah. And this, I think this is one of the reasons why I love Japanese music so much is anytime I listen to Japanese music, you have all of your standard cliches. You've got your, uh, you got your typical pop rock, mm. you know, sort of, uh, I got to think of artists off the top of my head. Well, like even if you hear like Hige Dandyism, he's mm. just straight up singer songwriter. Yeah power ballads, rock songs with a little bit of brass, mm-hmm. str- stringy, flowing pop music. You know, right. he's your typical pop artist. And then you've got, you know, your slightly unusual artists, like one of my favorite, which we'll talk about at some point, uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, which is yeah. your happy hardcore metal and EDM. And you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 sure. But they're popular over here too. Yeah. But Wednesday Campanella is this whole thing where she's completely unique. And she reminds me a lot of this other artist, non-Japanese, mm-hmm. um, called Cell Dweller. Yeah. And he single-handedly created his genre. There was no one in his space mm-hmm. until he began doing his unique blend of driving metal, yeah. sampled instruments that sounded like metal, think Mick Gordon from Doom, yeah. and then electronica. And he blended that all together and went, and now everybody imitates that shtick. Right. That's his... <laughs> lack of better words, his genre. Yeah. I feel like Wednesday Campanella is her own genre. Yeah. She's so unique. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And, and I love her stuff. Yeah. She's great. <clears throat> and then um, how about you for this week for music? I found uh, a new artist who I'm, I am kind of, I, I enjoy their music, but I can only listen to it in small amounts. <laughs> I can only say their name in small amounts. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to pronounce it. Their name it like- is Pin Pon Pon Pon. Pin Pon Pon Pon. Yeah, they. Yeah, anyway, they're very small. They on on Spotify, they only have five thousand eight hundred monthly listeners. Like, wow, yeah. I don't know how I found them, but I did. Just YouTube is one of those things where YouTube's like, hey, you might like this. It has two views on it. You want to <laughs> you want to give it a try? Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. yeah, fuck it, why not? Um, they're fun. They they do a lot of like sort of that. They're in that nostalgic Y two K, but like modern style. So they make. They make like those those weird early YouTube edits type songs that are like I don't even know how to s- describe it like yeah, I'm trying to sort of nightcore happy oh, okay. poppy like upbeat almost like um it's like euro beat yeah, yeah euro trancey sort euro of stuff trance yeah. Okay. sort of yeah I don't even know it the only way you could describe it because it just reminds me of being a kid yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I'm watching like um yeah, I don't know, I'm watching some like really shitty 144p YouTube video <laughs> about my favorite, you know, uh, like watching a, a a Kingdom Hearts like edit is oh, what I feel yeah. like I'm doing okay. when I'm wa- when I listen to them. Oh, so like less YouTube poop, more like old music videos. And yeah, like, yeah, just like like with these. the emo, with yeah. the ki- with like the weird online emo kids, such as like myself, like I was would listen yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, MySpace music. Woo, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, but yeah, no, they're they're great, and I I hope they kind of blow up because they're they're they are fun for sure. But like I said, they're just they're so deep into that 
that realm that I can I can only handle so much. I'm not blasting them the whole day. I'm just blasting them part of the day. <laughs> Whoa, their their covers are <laughs> they're exotic. <laughs> their covers are also very like yeah. 90s. I'm looking at their covers online, and it reminds mm. me, yeah, like 90s YouTube poop. That, that's the that's the music they make. Yeah, yeah like their their covers are. Wait, very one of them indicative. looks very familiar. The one girl with the bags under her eyes looks really... I feel like I follow her on Instagram or somewhere. I recognize her. Uh, could be. I'll have to, I'll have to look, at, look her up and, and, and see. Um, yeah. But she definitely looks familiar. She just has a very unique uh, yeah. look. All right. Uh, moving on to video games. So um, <laughs> this segment sponsored by <laughs> Hoyoverse. <laughs> yes. Because... <laughs> For week two in a row and week three out of five, we're once again going to bring up Genshin, Genshin Impact. Yay. Yeah. Okay. I uh, no. yeah yeah I've been having tons of fun with it recently. I kind of got bored and just said fuck it and then just started like exploring the new areas without really. Well, actually, I need to scroll back a little bit. I was doing the new or like the the seasonal quests. Yeah. Um, the, the lantern right lantern right yeah i was doing the actual like quest portion of it and the last quest was like hey this is like set sort of in the future from where you're at you need to do a bunch of quests and i was like oh yeah i'll just do the quest real quick <clears throat> not really as i needed to do like 19 quests and they were gonna take me <laughs> all the way to fontaine um from leeway which is where we have been for the last yeah. however long you're grinding it out um, yeah. and i started doing that and it triggered a side quest that was single player only but I didn't realize it was a side quest. I thought it was the quest that I was on because I just made it to Inazuma and I was mm-hmm. in the area where you're like, you can't leave. Yeah. And so I was yeah, like, oh yeah, story. Yeah. I was like, storytelling wise, this makes sense because I can't leave. So I'm locked into single player. And I spent the entire day trying my hardest to get out of it as fast as possible because I knew you were coming <laughs> home. So, like I literally, I legit, I started the Inazuma quest at like 8 a.m. And <laughs> by the time five rolled around and you came home and I was still grinding out, that's how long I had been spending trying to get out of the single player. Holy crap. Only. I, <laughs> damn, I admire your dedication. Holy yeah. crap. <laughs> and um, so I went through like a huge chunk of Inazuma, of, of the main storyline, and uh, did all that realized that I did the wrong quest. So then I did the side quest so that we could play together. Um, and then the next day I, I was like, well, I've kind of already explored in a a bit. I'm just kind of, uh, I don't know. I'm a little bored. I may as well just like do some exploration and stuff. I want to see some new stuff. So mm-hmm. I went to Sumeru and I went through and unlocked a bunch of teleports and stuff out there. And then I was like, this is kind of cool. The, the enemies were a little hard for like what my build was at the time. So then I went back uh, to Leeway and I was like, ah, I'm still kind of bored though. So then I was like, I'll do the Lantern Right quest. The Lantern Right quest takes you to Fontaine. And then I was like, well, f- I'm already here. So then I unlocked all of Fontaine. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully you don't get bored again now because you've just literally hit the entire fucking yeah. planet. Yeah. No, no, no. It, it's not that I was bored of the game. I was just bored of excavating Leeway. <laughs> excavating <laughs> <laughs> that's that's really what we're doing is kind yeah of, so um I, for those of you who don't play genshin or you don't play it much um the way you you and i play it is we kind of go through we, we start every day with our dailies you know do all the stuff that gets you your primos so you can mm-hmm. keep rolling wishes and unlocking characters and everything and instead of doing the usual all we do is hit domains and grind we'll do that 
Yeah. But we'll kind of like transit in between our objectives. So if we need to go to a boss, you will fast travel there if we're grinding. But if we're not, we'll walk there. And as we do, we'll try to hit pretty much every chest, uh, trial, time trial, yeah. uh, you know, uh, Oculus, all that stuff in between mm-hmm. on whosever world we're on. And then we'll switch to the other person's next time so we can clear that spot for them. Yeah. And we just keep doing this uh, back and forth. So we're at the point where we, we, we've we 100%ed Mondstadt. Like Mondstadt mm-hmm. is truly... Yeah. Every now and then we find a random chest and we're like, how did that get missed? Because yeah. we didn't <laughs> we didn't grab every chest. We did enough to get the hundred percent achievement, but that's it. Yeah. But every now and then we find like a random we like the one time we found that one fucking animoculus where I'm just like Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't know about the plus one thing. Right. I knew you needed enough to level up all the statues of seven. Yeah. But I had no idea there was always one more There's on top of extra. that. Yeah. Which I don't think i understand what i guess just no, as forgiveness people, people have theorized that at the end of the game there will be a reason where you need to have one of all of them and come to like uh, a big some big seven statue seven and combine just, the seven yeah, okay that's just uh speculation that's not a bad theory it kind of matches with like any other collectathon like donkey kong 64 back in yeah. the day like any well, co- it, yeah or, or, it makes sense Mario. because if you look at like the story of the traveler like you can harness all of yeah. The, uh, but only one at a time. So only I imagine one at a time. some sort of. So yeah, at the end of the game, when you get to the final boss, like I could see it being a big huge. Dude, I. That's gonna be a. I, yeah. They're already talking about introducing raiding and or mm-hmm. raid bossing and having larger parties. Yeah. Like I think parties of eight have been on the table for discussion, mm-hmm. and I really hope they do that because I, I want bosses that require the party of eight because that's gonna yeah. be. That would be fun. I, it'll be hard, but I don't care if I have to match make. Yeah. Fuck it, we'll do it. It'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh okay. Um, and then, well, I I saw okay. more to talk about Genshin. Ooh, yes. No, continue. <laughs> I can listen to this all day. I love Genshin. Yeah. I I I told you this morning. I I think I used up all of my luck for the entire year. Oh, yeah. I'm very sad about it. Um, I I was like I wasn't gonna roll the banner really at all. Like I I rolled a couple times, but like neither yeah. of the characters I was like really. They weren't ones that I necessarily needed on my team. It was more of like if I happen to get them, I happen to get them. Yeah. Um. And I was looking a little bit more into uh, the banner. Like, this is phase one. Phase two comes out. The phase two characters are garbage. Literally every single one of them, except all of the all the characters except for one, are like uh, D tier. Ooh, garbage. Yeah. And then the one guy that is on there that's not D tier is C. So like, the next banner is going to be fucking horrible. Oof. So I was like, I was like, I'm just I'll just save my primos for four point five. Because there's um, speculation that there's going to be some really good characters on there. And I was like, I'll just save them all. But this morning, I was like, I was like, ah, I don't know. It'd be kind of nice to have Shen Yun just for travel. Because like, yeah. uh, of her motive. exploration. Yeah, because ability. of her uh, yeah. movement. Yeah. And I was like, I've got enough for two ten poles. Uh, okay, sure. I'll pull. And I got not just her, but two copies of Gaming in one, in one ten pole. And I was like... <laughs> Damn, this is crazy. <laughs> this is crazy. So I have a C two, Gaming and her, um, and then I was like, "Well, I've got an extra 10. Like, I'm feeling kind of fun. Like, I, oh, no way, I'll get a back to back, right?" So I went to the weapon thing, and I was like, "It'd be so silly if I got the weapon," and uh, I did. <laughs> <laughs> and right now, I can, I can hear it already. People are looking up our address and attempting to dox us because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone just wants your luck, or they want you dead. Either. Yeah. One, well, don't worry. This is this was this, my luck for this the, is year, the so. last of your luck <laughs> until the next nation opens up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, we'll just quickly go over some pop culture stuff. Um. Interestingly, something I've noticed a lot in stores in the U.S. is 
one, uh, two things are happening simultaneously for merchandise. One is new stuff, new anime merch in the U.S. is not appearing at all. I, I don't yeah. know what. I don't know if it's intentional, and these 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 stores and these uh, companies are intentionally withholding product to, to yeah. force more demand or force pre-orders or whatever. I don't. I think it's. I think it just items just take like a year or two, and we're we are finally. For the first time ever, watching modern anime and yeah, not watching yes. like old stuff. It's just weird because I guess I've never yeah. observed it before, and it's just weird to me that yeah. I, I, there are these shows that are like Free Run that are incredibly mm. fucking popular. Free Run yeah. is still top of the charts. Yeah, whatever week we are into, yeah. into their production. I, I think the thing is the items did start popping up for pre-order as soon as the show launched and started getting traction and then they started putting out like teasers of the new yeah all the new stuff they're doing but they're all in pre-production so it's like well and I'm, we're not going to get them for a year yeah and i'm not even talking about stuff like figurines and things where pre-orders even exist i'm talking just shit like t-shirts keychains yeah yeah all, almost like not fan-made <laughs> said, stuff but you know sorry i said t-shorts t-shorts <laughs> <laughs> you uh may have made a new product there <laughs> yeah that'd be nice oh <laughs> sorry it reminded me of another new product that we talked about earlier but We'll co- someday we'll, we'll talk about it, it. Yeah. like well, yeah. once we get a trademark on it yeah. so we don't <laughs> screw ourselves um but anyway um but the second thing sap- happening simultaneously with mm-hmm. merch being withheld from new stuff is old animes coming back what the yeah. fuck cowboy bebop yeah original bleach and naruto i'm not talking the new shit yeah. uh, you know um original pokemon stuff mm-hmm. um uh sailor moon or, um yeah. it's because the white the y2k um uh like trend is going on right now and so we're seeing all the stuff that we would consider old you know <laughs> god help me yeah yeah but it's just crazy to me that like the millennial generation more than any other both japanese millennials and american millennials are completely nostalgic as fuck just just horribly lost <laughs> in the 90s and they yeah. will, we will never get out yeah no and it's just amazing to well, me like, that everyone we were joking now, yeah we were joking in the gym about how even though things were really bad and we were all emo and sad and <laughs> cutting ourselves yeah. just like oh, it's so much <laughs> and now that we're adults we're like damn it was so much nicer back then <laughs> yeah. it's like oh well what life would you like would you like to be an adult where you can make your own choices and buy your anime or would you have to yeah. go back to cutting yourself but you were having a great time yeah <laughs> it's like what the hell yeah back when when my uh my main like worry in life was um, making sure that I, I message my girlfriend on Neopets <laughs> before she got mad at me or something, you know? <laughs> oh, my God. Speaking of oldies, let's go to our oldies with moldies. Uh, and uh, in this section, we like to review anime we've seen in the past. It doesn't have to be old. It's just something we used to watch. Yeah. And today is one of my absolute favorites. This anime mm-hmm. has lived in my top 10 list forever, and it will forever hold a special place in my heart. Yeah. And that is Full Metal Panic. Um, Full Metal Panic, and I'm going to review the three seasons. Mm. Well, there's four now, but we'll get oh. there. I'm going to group three and four for a reason. Yeah. But seasons one through three, I'm going to review all separately over the next couple episodes, um, just because I think mm. each deserves its own quick attention. Right. But the first season of Full Metal Panic, so Full Metal Panic is kind of your traditional rom-com uh-huh. with Mecca. And I think it's oh. rom-com with Mecca. The Mecca is yeah. sort of... I didn't really get rom-com vibes from it. Between Sosuke and... Sosuke and, um, oh my God, I just, <laughs> I just forgot her name and I feel really bad. Yeah. Uh, Chidori, that's right. Uh, between <clears throat> Sosuke and, you, you didn't get, I mean, okay. Well, so, no, I was just thinking, because like. Unrequited love, at least. Maybe not rom-com yeah. in terms well, of. Well, they're, they're both, both brothers. What? What? <laughs> you just broke my brain. <laughs> 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 We're brothers? What's going on? Uh, 
Edward and uh, Alphonse. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just set me up? <laughs> For the last two minutes for a fucking Full Metal Alchemist joke. <laughs> yeah, I did. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> okay, you know, and uh, uh, we'll be right back, you know. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> just, <laughs> uh, anyway, so Full Metal Panic. Full Metal Panic. So it's, it's a rom-com with mm-hmm. uh, Mecca. And it, yeah. uh, the keywords here for me are with Mecca. I'm not a huge Mecca fan. So mm-hmm. growing up or not. Yeah, okay. Growing up, growing up, I illicitly watched uh, shows like Gundam and Gurren Lagann. Uh-huh. Um, Cowboy Bebop has a little bit of sort of ship sci-fi stuff in it. Uh-huh. But like the, the predominant kings of Mecca being Gundam and Gurren Lagann, I just, I never, um, I don't know. I've always been a science kid. I love engineering. I became an aeronautical engineer. I, I, I just never got into it. It just yeah. never clicked for me. And I think a lot of it comes from a sort of, um, the thing about Mecca that really appeals to folks, I think is big, uh, overblown fights. Yeah. Gratuitous battles. Um, big machines with big guns. And I've yeah. never been that kind of guy. I like, I don't like big pickup trucks. I don't like mm. big actual guns. Uh, I don't like military stuff. Yeah. It, so I think I was already kind of off the genre anyway. of like, Oh, this, this is not marketed at me. Yeah. But full metal panic worked for me because the only time I brought Mecca in was to advance the story. And then they pulled it right back out because mm. Sasuke is a Mecca driver. That's his whole shtick is he's yeah. the pilot of a very unique Mecca. Mm. And, and uh, Chidori knows very secret information about that mecha and uh, how it operates. Okay. And that's her whole reason for existing. And the best part is there's this crazy ass triangle between Sosuke, Chidori, and the mecha itself. Oh. And the entire series, he's trying to figure out the mecha and why the mecha works the way it does. Chidori uh. knows the way it works and wants to know how Sosuke works because he's fucking weird. And she's, <laughs> she's so confused because he's so autistic as yeah. shit. And she cannot understand why he's so strange. Yeah. And he wants to understand her because apparently she knows something about, and he only wants to know her because she knows the machine. Yeah. He's, he's the dude that literally goes around the corner because <laughs> yeah. he doesn't care about her. He wants to know about the machine. Huh. The dude will literally collect her undies. If it means advancing yeah. his knowledge of Mecca. <laughs> That's funny. But the whole series, the, the beauty of full metal panic for me is full metal panic knew that it was going to set itself up to be a multi season anime with mm. excellent delivery as each season progressed. Yeah. Season one sets up season two. Season mm. two is the comedy season. I'll cover it next week. But it's like, well, I, we'll probably let you do one next week. But next time I do one, right. we'll do the season two, which is Fumofu. Mm. Straight up comedy, goofy, yeah. no seriousness whatsoever. Or whatever? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And season two then sets up this incredibly, one of my favorite anime of all time, which is season three, mm. which the second raid, which just goes, you know. We have the same story writers. You love the first season. It was a rom-com with Mecca. You love season two. It was a uh, comedy with Mecca. Yeah. And season three, we have a little bit of romance. Just kidding. Fuck you. Here's some drama. Yeah. And you don't think it would work. You're like, oh, mm. come on, dude. This is anime that try this shit. Yeah. That try this. We've been funny. Ha ha. Until now. And now we're mm. serious. That shit yeah. doesn't fly. And then they do it really well. And you're like, mm. <sighs> and it's yeah. like, okay, this is good. Yeah. This is actually good. And mm. so they pull all these character arcs, these unbelievable character arcs where you're like, these people are over the top and then sort of perfectly humanizes them mm. in season three. And then season four, which was published 10 years after season three, yeah, like kind of a Toy Story four almost. Mm. Did anybody really want this? They brought it and it was excellent. It was so good. And then they trashed it. And we'll get to that when we yeah. cover that season. But like, 
yeah, so Full, full Metal Panic's first season is the perfect setup, and because of that, it gets a beautiful like eight and a half out of ten for me. Hmm. It, and I also think it's an excellent introduction to Mecha for those who don't like Mecha. Yeah. Because at no point does the anime beat you over the head with it. This is the reason I've always struggled to get into Gundam. Because no matter where I insert myself into the timeline, mm. whether I watch chronologically yeah. and follow the actual release dates of Gundam from the original mm. to now, yeah. or if I watch the anth- anthological way and I follow the internal mm. Gundam universe timeline, I just... Yeah. The only uh, it, it takes itself. It reminds me of Attack on Titan. It mm. takes itself so seriously that I'm exhausted after four episodes and going, dude, I, I can't track yeah. all these stats. I don't yeah. care. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just. Yeah. The only Gundam that I kind of sort of watched was the one that they were just in space and there really wasn't a whole lot of Mecha going on. You know what I'm talking about? Well, I think it was like they had like uh, what space battleship Yamato. No, no, it was it was. um. I don't know what it was called. It, it was Gundam, but it was the main the main character was like a pink haired princess girl or something. Is that not current? No, no. It was it was actual Gundam. Oh, was it? It was an actual Gundam series. Yeah. Oh. Was oh, it? I don't. I don't. I don't know. Oh wait, wasn't there Gundam something witch? I don't. I don't know. Scarlet Witch. I don't know. I'm not, uh, I know nothing about be. Gundam. Uh, Gundam was fan. the only, or that specific one was the only one I watched because it was, it wasn't, it didn't have a bunch of robots in it. It was like, they were just on a ship in space. I don't know. Uh, I'm just looking here. Gundam Seed. Seed? Des- Sounds Destiny, familiar. Destiny Orphans. Yeah, it was this girl. Black. Lackus? Is that her name? Lackus Klein? Oh. What is she from? Yeah, she's from Seed. Seed, okay. Yeah. So Seed, I kind of watched a little bit of. Okay. Yeah, I just... I didn't like it, but I watched a little bit of it. At some point, (laughs) I owe Gundam a thorough watch through because it is a classic. It's like Initial D. It's a classic. It stood the test of time. Mm -hmm. The fandom is unshakable and the products they make for Gundam are, are really excellent. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, I need to give them a little bit of time, but just, uh, yeah, I kind of, I, I felt like, um, this is something I want to do is I want to go through all of the big main ones, like yeah. Dragon Ball and Naruto and Bleach, Bleach and just, just uh, one know. piece and all that stuff. But I want to, I, I for the longest, like I hate watching dubs, but mm. I don't have time. And so I was like, I might, put myself through the pain of just having it on a side monitor while I work just so just I can to get through it in get, English, yeah. just so I can kind of like half pay attention to it. And then yeah. I kind of know better what's Especially happening. Podcast it. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. the problem that I have now, and maybe I'll, I'll learn to love them and then I will go back through and watch them like legitimately. But mm-hmm. the main problem I have now is as a big anime lover and going to the conventions and going to like stores and stuff a lot. And obviously like my TikTok and YouTube feeds and stuff, they, they're full of this stuff, but like most of the people are talking about attack on Titan and one piece in Naruto. And I'm like, I don't know who any of these people are. Yeah. So you get so excited about this new character. Oh, look at this new statue, you know, new figure that I got. And the, and I'm like, okay. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> like, right. wh- where's Aqua? No one talks about her. So before <laughs> we move into serious shit, we're going to do a mixed blend of comedy and serious shit, and we're going to go under the section we call Things, Things We Think Are Fucking Dumb. <laughs> you just backed out at the last second. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't want to curse. You didn't so. want to finish inside. I get it. It's yeah, <laughs> No, I just didn't want to say the naughty word. <laughs> the, 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 
Yeah, my mom said I wasn't allowed to call people dumb. <laughs> Fucking's okay, but dumb is the step too far. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the things we think are fucking dumb this week. Um, cops who feel threatened by acorns. Yeah. And so, uh, you, yeah, that's... Yeah. Well, I'm going to leave oh, it right we're not there. Gonna, yeah, okay. No, no. If, if you want to know more, uh, Google. Uh, we will be <laughs> right back. <laughs> oh come on you have to admit that was a satisfying place to just yeah leave everybody on a fucking cliffhanger <laughs> that was funny yeah that's good i also the story itself is just so funny though that i kind of wanted to talk about it but uh, well, it's almost a best shit episode at some point because we yeah, will inevitably well, i was talk gonna about say it's almost cops. it's almost best though that that you find it on your own and read about it because i could just say it and you'll be like yeah, oh yeah, that sounds true. pretty funny. But then you could watch it, and it's like, <laughs> well, they they release the body cam yeah. footage. Like you just watch it, and you see it, and you're like, what fucking cartoon am I watching right now? But no, <laughs> that was a real person. So, um, so for serious shit this week, uh, again, if you're new to the podcast, welcome to the second half where we kind of get into the spicier sort of uh, real world topics. So, first half we like to overload you with memes and dumb shit and uh, all the fun things <laughs> Japan puts out and then we'd like to talk about the actual topics that matter yeah. so for those of you interested in japanese culture and deep diving into the japanese mindset and everything this is where we like to kind of talk about that and uh the the first thing we've had and this is always going to be the case just as foreigners ourselves we're almost always going to have articles on foreigners interacting with native japanese in japan yeah and this article I don't even know if I should be surprised. The first article we have is uh, from the Japan Times, and it says, most Japanese outside major urban areas say that they do not engage with foreign nationals. Now, <clears throat> I, this doesn't <laughs> surprise me, right? And, and part of me wants to chuckle, yeah. really, like you just did, and be like, okay, yeah, no, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> but part of it, I don't know, part of it to me feels tragic, mm -hmm. and I want to know... How do I put this? I want to know who's to blame. Yeah. And I've read through the article, as mm. I do every week. And, you know, a couple things, you know, here uh, of this select group of people that were surveyed. And, of course, you have to keep that in mind. It's a select group. It's not everybody. Yeah. But 83% of folks living outside of suburbia do not have exchanges with foreign nationals. Mm -hmm. And um, it says 16% ended up doing so. But 40% of that group were coworker interactions. Yeah. 32% were neighbors. Mm. And 21% were actual foreign friendships. Mm. So when you talk about a quarter of 16%. That's not very many. That's, yeah, yeah, just under 5%. So we're talking 5% of the countryside interacts with foreign nationals. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to talk about this in two regards. I want to talk about the negative side. But I also want to po posit a more... Um, happy and more positive mm -hmm. side of it too though yeah so the negative side of this is you know after all this time i've spent um studying japanese culture and wanting to live in japan i think everything one of the big things that foreign nationals always stress out about and we even stress out about when we haven't mm -hmm. even moved there yet is am i going to be accepted by folks in japan and one of the early sort of expectation managers you hear from Japanese natives who speak English or from folks living in Japan is don't ever expect to be Nihonjin. That's just not how this works. You're not going to be Japanese. Mm -hmm. No matter how long you live there, no matter how, how often you interact, no matter how heroic you are and what you do for the community, it doesn't matter. 
you are never going to be Japanese. That, yeah. And that's very contrarian to almost any other global culture. You live in America long enough, we'll call you American. And if you behave mm-hmm. a certain way, if you live in France and well, maybe France is pretty nationalistic too. But like if you live in the UK or if you live in Germany, if yeah. you live somewhere long enough, speak their language, behave by their cultural norms, most cultures are pretty happy calling you by their national name. Yeah. But Nihonjin holds a very specific blood tie and blood being thicker than water, sort of a, it's, they are very hesitant to give out the title mm-hmm. and it almost never happens to a foreign national. Yeah. So you hear this a lot when you're considering moving to Japan and it's actually one of the most frequent put downs for folks wanting to go to Japan is, well, that's great and all, but you know that they're never going to accept you. Mm-hmm. And, and it's really hard to get past that initial, f- that pushback because there is no arguing the data. When you see an article like this and it's like, fuck, they're, they're right. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. If I do move out there and I want to go have a peaceful life in the country, so I don't care what you're doing. You can be a paper maker. Mm. You could work as a teacher at a foreign school. Sure. You know, whatever. But whatever you're doing out there, if you are in rural Japan, uh, you're going to be alone. Yeah. You're going to be real lonely. And that really sucks the wind out of your sails. Boy, that just that feeling of I'm going to go there. Mm. I'm going to make all this effort. I'm going to spend my life studying the language, studying the culture. I've been doing it since I was 13. And I'm going to go all the way over there. I'm going to tr- be the friendliest, kindest, sweetest person I can. And 5% of the people I interact with are going to interact back. And the other 95% mm-hmm. might not even make eye contact. Yeah. And you, you look at that number, you look at the statistics, and you look at how many people are in an average town, and it, that's just a devastating figure. And it, when I first saw this article, I, I shit you not, I had to sit for a second and go, oh. Yeah. And take a breath because it's just like it stressed me immediately. Mm. But now that I've read through it, I also want to flip this really quick. Japan's. If you read through the article, there's there's no explanation give to who the foreign nationals are. It says yeah. coworkers or friends, but it doesn't say in what work line of business mm. or uh, what these folks are doing there. Yeah. It's just foreign nationals in rural countryside. Do you interact with them? And if you look at other statistics, interestingly, most foreign nationals in rural areas are there visiting. Right. They're not usually living there. If you look at the figure, notice 32% are neighbors. Okay, so Mm -hmm. only 32% of these interactions are actually with someone living in the town. Yeah. And when you really think about it, 32% of 16 is a much higher figure. Yeah. We're closer to, you know, what, 6, 7, 8% of folks in the town. That's almost double right off the bat. Yeah. And something that encouraged me is I sat here and I thought about the numbers in an absolute sense. If I go to work in a rural town for whatever reason in Japan, maybe I'm a teacher or whatever. And I work at a school, you know, typical rural schools are probably 200, 300 kids. Mm -hmm. That implies if you're just doing straight up traditional cisgender math, it implies two parents, male Mm -hmm. and female. Japan tends to swing that way yeah so assuming normal standard families you know anywhere between 400 to 600 adults with families and probably another 200 to 300 without them yeah and then you add grandparents and other extended family and the number blossoms and you probably get around 800 900 people that you will somehow interact with because you're working at a school i'm not talking about anything else just being a teacher yeah and when you think of that number and now you slap that five percent on there that's 50 people yeah that's not actually that bad. Mm-hmm. And when I think about my personal friendships here in the U.S., less than 5% of people I interact with are friends with me. Right. Friends, friends. Not 
and to be fair, the article does say interaction, not friendship. Fine, whatever. Mm -hmm. I still only really interact with 5% of people. The other interactions are forced on me by doing business, by being a Mm -hmm. colleague and being forced to work alongside folks. But the other 5%, but that 5% is genuine interaction like Mm. these. And when I look at that number, I don't feel so bad anymore. And I go, well, I guess that makes sense because (laughs) you're you're not really interacting with that many Mm -hmm. people. What are you doing? What line of work are you doing? You're not a cop. You're not a fireman. So what are you doing out there that's getting you connected mm-hmm. to folks so often that you would expect higher than a 5% return on yeah. interaction. Yeah. My, I mean, that that's more alongside, like my initial thought was, was simply just that there's not a ton. There's not going to be a ton of foreigners to interact with on a daily basis. So like, obviously the number would be a lot lower, but also, um, foreigners aren't always going there. No, like being proficient in Japanese. And so I, if you went in there and you had just bare minimum, how would you really interact with anybody on a meaningful yeah. level that like they would have been, they would have marked that <laughs> on whatever the survey was. You know what I mean? So like, to me, it's not that surprising. Like if, if you move there and you don't speak fluently, of course, like, yeah, you're not really going to have a whole lot of interaction. Yeah. <laughs> it's and not that surprising. I also think um, there's something that's really important to clarify for folks who are interested in moving to Japan who don't, who haven't done a lot of in-depth research into the Japanese mindset. Mm-hmm. And the Japanese are polite to the degree of superficialness. Is that the word? Superficiality. Mm-hmm. The Japanese, the, the easiest phrase to demonstrate this is anytime you've interacted with a Japanese native in Japanese and gotten the phrase, Nihongo Jozu, mm-hmm. your, your Japanese is skilled. You are skilled at Japanese. That is a superficial compliment. This is yeah. the same as looking at someone who's going, oh, you're, you know, looking at a child making a stick figure drawing and going, oh, it's so beautiful, mm-hmm. right? You're not being condescending necessarily, but you are kind of flattering them unduly. Yeah. Or being told you're skilled with chopsticks or, or some <laughs> cliche like that, right? Um, and the Japanese are doing this to be polite. They say these things out of a sense of almost moral obligation that they owe you at least that much respect yeah. that, Oh, you did. You are speaking Japanese. That's very good. Very good. Oh, round mm-hmm. of applause. Yeah. Um, but you know, when you think about 5%, if the Japanese folks are giving you enough time to have a in-depth interaction that isn't just Nihongo Josu or Sugoi. Yeah. If it's more than that, you're getting a pretty good deal yeah. as a foreigner. Yeah. You've cracked the code, you've cracked the shell somehow mm-hmm. that you've managed to, to convince someone very different from you, likely, yeah. unless you're from China or Taiwan or somewhere mm-hmm. at least similar in mindset. Yeah. But you've managed to crack the code on that person and make them interact with you in a meaningful mm-hmm. way. Yeah. And at that point, I would like to point out that it's probably your behavior that's going to be the limiting factor of whether or not mm-hmm. that Japanese person becomes a friend. Yeah. And one of the ways I look at this is someone like Natsuki the quintessential Japanese friend for Mm -hmm. Chris Broad. And I, you know, I always bring up Chris Broad, but he's a great point of reference because of his humility and in the way he behaves in Japan. He never steps out of the circle of respect. And his interactions with Natsuki, Natsuki were completely coincidental. It was one of those, we were passing, I was foreign, he saw me, he interacted. Mm -hmm. Now, yes, that is unusual, but Natsuki was also a little buzzed. But still, (laughs) if you go to a bar in Japan... Yeah. Uh, even a rural one and an izakaya and you have an interaction with someone there you've already cracked the code yeah you are successfully interacting with the person who would normally mm. not make eye contact with you and definitely not seek you out especially yeah. in english mm. uh, yeah yeah that's that's kind of what i was getting at with the the whole 
if you don't speak Japanese thing. Cause like, again, when I lived overseas, it was the same, it was the same way. Like people who were interested, who maybe knew English and were either interested in learning English better or are already comfortable with English would see, you know, white boy running around and go like, Oh, I'm going to go talk to them. Why is he here? But yeah. For the most part, people just ignored you. Cause like they probably didn't know how to interact with you to begin with. Well, and, and for a lot of these folks, it's none of their business. They, they personally do not believe it's any yeah. of their business. Yeah. Why, why would I go out of my way? To question anyone. Yeah. Let alone this foreign person who may have their own reasons for being here. Yeah. Why does it matter? And yeah. the, the Japanese are not very uh, deeply analytical. The, mm-hmm. the, the Japanese folks don't look at the rest of the world and go, I really want to understand what's going on here. They're very much keep to themselves. There's no mm-hmm. sort of, you know, we were talking about out in the car earlier today, keeping up with the Joneses countries yeah. sticking their noses over international fences in hopes to see what everybody else is doing on the other side. Yeah. The Japanese don't really do that. They've never have. They've always been so isolated that they really just want to concern themselves about mm-hmm. what's happening in the, on their islands. And that's it. Yeah. So if you as a foreigner arrive, yes, you are different and you are very mm-hmm. close and accessible, but the, the attitude of it's none of my business has not changed they're mm-hmm. not going to suddenly approach you just because you're different that is yeah. not enough well to be honest i'm sure a lot of them probably assume you're a tourist anyway they're yeah right they're, they're, that's kind of like that's kind of where where we live has a lot of tra- uh, like traction uh like visitors coming yeah. in and out and um so when i see somebody i don't immediately go oh wow look at my local fellows i just kind of just assume everybody's a foreigner anyway so i would imagine a lot of them probably aren't like if you see somebody that is, doesn't look Japanese, you're probably just assuming they're visiting. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, yeah, and um, I was I was actually going to piggyback off of this, but I I don't think it needs any sort of like further emphasis. Let me just translate. This. <laughs> Sorry, I have a picture. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, I think that's good for that topic. Um, we've only got a couple minutes, so I want to talk about one other thing since Valentine's Day did just pass. And this actually kind of comes back to, uh, huh? Oh yeah. You said it passed. (laughs) It it passed. Yeah. It passed peacefully in its sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Valentine's Day in Japan, we spoke about it on our special episode that we didn't release, but to (laughs) just kind of cover for those of you who are unfamiliar, Valentine's Day in Japan is split into two parts. Valentine's Day on the 14th, women are expected to get gifts for men, usually cult- uh, um, chocolate, excuse me. I was going to say cultural chocolate, but <laughs> I don't know why I tried to uh, <laughs> highlight that. But anyway, um, usually chocolate. Yeah. And then on March 14th, a month later, um, men ret- are supposed to reciprocate and return the favor. Uh, oh, I harsh- didn't realize it was a whole month. I thought it was yeah. the next day. No, it's literally a month later. Huh. And two immediate things have happened that are making cultural changes in japan positive in my mind but we'll cover that in a second but mm. first things first women being forced to give first is an uh, as obvious a sign of the patriarchy as you could ever want and yeah. that would not fly in the u.s for even the slightest fucking millisecond if you said women must give men stuff whether you like them or not yeah. and the way women used to deal with this in japan and they still do and it's actually getting worse and this huffington post article covers it really well is uh, women have gotten clever. Uh, they're going to give you chocolate. They're going to give you the shittiest, jankiest, expired <laughs> piece of shit chocolate they can find yeah. if they don't like you. And because this, again, this patriarchal expectation that women are going to admire me. Yeah. It's my day. 
<laughs> it's men's day. You're going to get me some good shit. Yeah. Well, no, they're not. In the past <laughs> days where women were put down in Japan, maybe that would have happened. That's changing. And women are realizing they're feeling more empowered and they're going, why the fuck do I need to do this? Yeah. Like, it, it's the, the, for me personally, the whole culture of women giving men chocolate and Valentine's Day is the dumbest mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. And I don't care about the sexism side of it. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to emphasize that because someone's going to go, oh my God, hey, maybe I'll actually get hate me on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, quick momentary detour. If you would like to send hate mail telling us just how much you hate the podcast, you can write in to Shinigami Love Apples dot podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to tell us you hate us. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but. Um, the sexism issue for me is not the issue. I actually believe this is an excellent break from sexism for Japan. The fact that we are not going to make women do something that men are not going to necessarily do. Yeah. And second of all, I don't care who initializes. In fact, I think it should just be an option. That's the whole fucking point of Valentine's day. If a a gal wants to get, let's put it this way. If any one person wants to get any other person a Valentine's gift, that's their prerogative. Yeah. Not because of cultural obligation, not because of gender norms, mm-hmm. not because of gender stereotypes. Yeah. You get who you want Valentine's Day stuff. You want to get a guy, you know, guy wants to get a guy, guy wants to get a girl, girl wants to get a guy, girl wants to get a girl. Don't care. You want to grab mixed gender, mm. queer, don't care. Fine. Pick your favorite. Have a great time. Don't do it out of obligation. That's not the point. Valentine's Day has become so commercialized that maybe it is the point, unfortunately, but <laughs> Japan breaking free of this is excellent news. Yeah. If only because of getting rid of the obligatory... Uh, expectation that women will serve men mm-hmm. now white day which is the day in march where men give reciprocate gifts to women also needs to go away not because yeah. i think men oh poor men they have to reciprocate no 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 no. i'm <laughs> all about making men fucking reciprocate especially in japan because men need to get off their high horses and it's yeah. about time <laughs> but i'm totally okay with men that are going to reciprocate actually giving what with value yeah. Because the thing about it, when, when a woman gives a man something on Valentine's Day, she's required to in- indicate her level of intent and her level, level of appreciation. She's required to indicate her level of appreciation or affection via the quality of the gift. Yeah. So that's why women have begun getting clever and getting really shitty stuff to just really hammer at home that you are not appreciated. Right. While still meeting the cultural expectations. Yeah. Um, so, but women have to show value, but on white day, men don't. Uh-huh. And in fact, this became a huge problem for Chris Broad, again, using him as an example, because he gave his girlfriend, I think I told you, he gave his yeah. girlfriend that one time post-its because he thought it would be funny. Right. Except for the fact that even though men are not expected to show equal value reciprocation in the yeah. relationship, it still implies your level of appreciation. Yeah. And for women, this is frustrating because men aren't think with their dicks and nine times yeah. out of 10, a man's just going to get you the first thing that comes to his mind. He don't give a fuck. Yeah. Hetero, hetero men. Yeah. Nah, dude, don't give a fuck. Yeah. Gay men at least will, will put some thought into their fucking <laughs> right. gifts and, and attempt to, to do something yeah. nice for their, I was for their say boys. The, but the straight like, man was like on his way to go see you stopped at seven 11 and yes, grabbed exactly. the teddy bear that was on the shelf. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, like every fucking Valentine film ever, right? Or yeah. every yeah. meme about Valentine's Day. Exactly. <laughs> but at least a gay guy is probably going to put some thought into your gifts. But, yeah. like, you know, uh, again, I am glad to see that the Jap- Japanese mm. women are pushing back. And yeah. this particular announcer, this TV I, announcer, Ayaka Hironaka, says uh, she just thinks Giri Choco, which is girls' mm. chocolate, just needs to fuck off. Yeah. Like completely. Just. <laughs> yeah. 
and uh, yeah, I mm. I really hope this think, happens. Yeah, I think if there's one thing we can learn from this, it's that it's that women um, need to just uh, be attracted to gay men. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> if you look at most uh, shoujo anime, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, they are. <laughs> they are. <laughs> <laughs> but no, in all, in all seriousness, right? Um, I, I think what's really cool is Japan is behind the times socially on LGBTQ issues as well as women's empowerment, age empowerment. Uh, oh, God, that's a whole another thing for another day. The whole Kohai Senpai fucking seniority bullshit. Yeah. That, oh, Lord. that's Well, believe me, that'll be a whole uh, episode yeah. someday. I feel like it's one thing I'll never get used to. I do. <laughs> Sure. If I'm going to disrespect you, I'm going to disrespect you. If I'm going to respect you, I'm going to respect you. I don't care what. How old you are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so don't worry if you're listening and you're like, oh, man, that'll be a spicy episode. Damn straight. It'll be a spicy episode. We'll cover it when we get there. But I'm just glad to see, like I said, that women are being empowered and that women are standing up for themselves because previously, again, they weren't doing so because they felt like there was going to be backlash. And there will be backlash. Don't Mm -hmm. get me wrong. Japanese men are extraordinarily quiet until they're, they feel that they've been wronged culturally. And then they definitely want to stand up for themselves, which I really hope I want to see two things happen. One, I want to see men stand up for themselves, not because I want them to win, but because I want them to get beat back down a second time, because the way you beat up a patriarchy is making sure the patriarchy has no right to respond. It's not about beating them the first time because they'll just shake it off and find a way to way to retaliate. Mm -hmm. Right. If you decide not to get your boss chocolate because he's a fucking dick and a a fucking molesting little dickhead and he's just creepy and slut and just (laughs) disgusting. Mm -hmm. I thought Um, they only made coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking bot. Oh, my God. I'm bringing all my jokes out in the serious half. (laughs) (laughs) So bad. If you're Tencho. If your supervisor <laughs> is a sleazebag, as a woman, if you decide, I'm not going to give him chocolate, he's a douche, uh, he can retaliate against you. He can fire you. He can make your life miserable. He can, you know, order you to suck his dick, and, and you, there's very little you can do yeah. about it. But what will, this is what then needs to happen, is now that we've got the men retaliating, the women need to just push back to that, too, and go, no. Fire me, then. Okay. I'll go found my own business, and I'll make you eat shit. Yeah. And hell yeah. Yeah. And then you start getting women-owned businesses. Mm-hmm. You start getting women-leading me- women and women-leading men. Yeah. And then suddenly that patriarchal attitude starts to break down, and eventually people stop treating it as normal. Mm-hmm. They start treating equality as normal, or at least they begin making inroads to that as being normal. And then this whole patriarchal thing just fucks off. Yeah. And that. Also, if yeah. you're um, a Japanese woman listening who leaves your job and then just starts your own business. Um, I'll, t- I'll take a job. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was waiting to see where this was going and I was like, you want to go on a date? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, actually probably. I mean, Head, I, headstrong Japanese. I mean, dude, that would be very attractive. Headstrong Japanese yeah. women. Yes. that's. I do like a woman that um, tells me what to do and <laughs> mostly because I don't care. And I thought and I, I was need a- some, yeah, I thought I was a dummy mommy lover. Damn, I don't love dummy mommies. I just need a mom, <laughs> preferably without kids. <laughs> okay. Uh. Anyway, <laughs> to, quote, to quote Jeremy fucking Clarkson, on that bombshell, <laughs> it's time to end. Thank you so much for listening to the Shinigami Love Apples podcast. 
I've been Peen Peen. That's been you, you across the table. And we will see you next week. Had to bust that out <laughs> at the last fucking second. Just yeah, damn.